Just like that, the final hour is here on this Tuesday edition. Outkick 360, glad you're with us. Across the Outkick Network, Hutton and Withrow here. Sixth and Peabody, our location, with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Darren Waller, the big news today, the trade earlier, the Raiders sending their Pro Bowl and All-Pro tight end to New York with the Giants. They make the trade, they give up a third-round pick, which... They got an exchange and a trade that was made with the Kansas City Chiefs at the deadline. And Chad Waller has around $12 million on his contract this year. The Raiders didn't want to pay that based on what they're doing with a roster restructure. And in reading up on his contract details, right now, only this season is guaranteed remaining on the deal that he uh, recently signed with, with the Raiders. So... The Giants make a move, and they get a 1,000-yard tight tight end receiver to pair with Daniel Jones in a run game of Saquon Barkley. It's great for a team that needs more playmakers around the quarterback that they just signed to a four-year extension. On a day that's been all about the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, the Giants are the only ones to make legitimate news so far well, they, with this trade. The Jets have signed Alan, Alan Lazard, but I'll take Darren Waller as bigger news and the over Jets Alan Lazard. are going to take... Aaron Rodgers, it's presumed, based on the moves that they're making. Because Every of, NFL newsbreaker's on their phone right now, on camera somewhere. They're all on. Hoping that six happens. Yeah. Six phones, uh, three for Schefter and Don't two for everyone else. Don't you think multiple else. phones would make you less productive? I thought about that with Schefter. If you're having to divert your eyes to like three phones the way he has them, I feel like that'd make it harder to respond to everyone as opposed to just going back to your text messages on your one phone. Well, I, I want to know how he separates It seems counterproductive them. to me. You know, Armando's got two, a work and a personal. I want to know how Schefter separates and differentiates between like three and four. You know, like who you give a certain number to. Yeah, how, like how is one, one for GMs, one for agents. Maybe. but One if, for but someone if, else. If that guy shares the number with someone else that he's already got Schefter's number, does he, you know, does it screw what up his algorithm? Him, what if he had him labeled and he picked one up on camera and it said like, <laughs> owners <laughs> on the back of it the little labeling system like you put in your kitchen you know he's got that on the I phone so he knows probably which one is which labeled in his phone is, is the wrong name though uh knowing chapter oh uh, yeah. he's picking it up on, on screen um other free agency news notes lazard is signing with the new york jets that will be official tomorrow they also have called to inquire about uh randall cobb joining the team mercedes lewis that's another uh player that rogers wants a part of that roster and Odell Beckham Jr., who's being mentioned now with New York, but of course with Dallas. And the Buffalo Bills yesterday freed up over $30 million in cap space by restructuring Josh Allen and Von Miller. Now, they've got some room to work. It'll be interesting to see what they do. But it was Von Miller that was saying that Odell Beckham Jr. was coming to Buffalo late last year. That didn't happen. Um medically i'm not sure he could have passed a physical at the start of the the playoffs but by next season he absolutely will and i wonder if he buffalo is also getting in the mix there but if he wants to play with aaron Rodgers, new york's the destination because green bay is moving on to jordan love doesn't it feel like buffalo's on the way down well they've got some cap they're issues. still going to be good but i feel like it's a quarterback league though buying or selling it, you know the the jet situation possibly with aaron Rodgers. Feels like something on the way up. I feel like Buffalo is plateaued at this point. Not that they're going to be bad this year. 
they they need to establish a full run game. If I'm Buffalo, I'm calling the Tennessee Titans about Derrick Henry. Yeah, that I mean, would be you something. You just freed up $30 million. I wouldn't go after Odell. I'd go after Henry um, and, and see if you can get the very last of Henry in his prime for a team that is primed for a playoff run. Um, and we saw what happened in the in the elements. The cold weather in the postseason, it benefited Cincinnati more. Yeah, imagine having Derrick Henry in bad weather in January in the playoffs in Buffalo. And there's a reason, like, so people are talking about the moves Miami's made. Miami still has Tua. And they have uh, White. Mike White is the backup now to Tua. And Tua is very good when healthy. I just don't buy that he's going to stay healthy. So it's hard for me to say... I view the the Dolphins the same way I do the Jets with Rodgers and that offense. Yeah. Personally. Hit us up with your thoughts at Outkick 360. Um, John Morant making a good decision, uh, believe it or not. Uh, reports are that he's entered counseling. Return to the NBA still in question. Um, but Chad, I mean, I'm not exaggerating here when I say you and I agree. Uh, his career was in question based on the trajectory of decisions made and what we've seen come out with guns involved and what the league has or has not done behind the scenes because we really don't know uh, disciplinary action other than this where they still don't say it's a suspension. Uh, He's getting help with uh, the troubling actions that we've seen off the court from John Morant. This is what it was needed. And here's hoping that it goes in all the right ways for him because of the talent he has on the court. And I'm hoping he's not rushed back or feels rushed back to rejoin the Grizzlies anytime soon. Uh, if he in fact feels he needs to stay, um, he's got to get it on. Uh, he's got to straighten the path. It doesn't always have to be, uh, it can't, it's not, uh, unusual to have a, a bumpy road, uh, throughout your life. But the, the spree that we've seen, uh, both from family members, people he's running with, and from him. Uh, the chain of stories, the photos from the strip club in Denver, uh, you know, the, the laser pointer with the Indiana Pacers, all of that individually, okay. But together over the course of a couple of months, craziness. And thankfully, and maybe it, it took this to not call it a suspension for him to do this, um, but here's hoping that he gets the help that he needs. I, I think it's probably, if not league-mandated, league-suggested um, uh, counseling in yeah. this situation with, with John Morant now, with not just the incident in the, the Denver Strip Club, but everything else that's gone on with the laser pointer, everything we've mentioned, the fight in his home with the teenage boy that was playing basketball with him, the yeah. finish line showing up with security guard there, and the, all, the the, all the stuff. Yeah. So I'm looking at the, the Grizzlies' remaining schedule right now. They're currently first in their division. They have 15 games left. Okay. I don't think he's coming back until April. That means he will miss 10 more games, and he would play the final five games of the regular season and gear up for the playoffs. I'm looking at this through the league's eyes. I think that would be ideal for them because now the league can sell redemption tour for John Morant. He's going to go to counseling. He's going to try to get his life in order. He's going to get healthier, and he could come back and have a five-game tune-up back with the Grizz and get ready for their playoff series. Okay. Again, I'm looking at this as Adam Silver's probably looking at it. Now, I'm not Adam Silver. I would have called it a suspension with John Morant. He's not because, as Andrew Bogut told us on yesterday's show, this is a player-led league. 
and players get everything they want in the NBA and things are worded the way that they want. So this is John Morant stepping away to get healthy. I'm fine with all of that. Not fine with the league not saying he's suspended while he does that. But if I had to guess, I think he's probably going to come back in early April, close out the regular season, and then whoever the Grizzlies end up with in the playoffs, that's where he'll get going. Premier brand is John Morant for the NBA. But keep this in mind. Um, if they're looking at his return, what they're currently looking at as a league is the footage from the club in Denver. They haven't ruled on that. Yeah. You know, that just came out, which is a violation of NBA policy. Um, and presumably, this came to light while he was on his way to counseling already. So if you're Adam Silver, you also need to follow the policy set forth that every player adheres by. So here's what I would... Which is the gun on... on um, uh, weapon on NBA business. I mean, he had a weapon on NBA business. I, I guess... I hate that my mind is trained this way, but we're coming off the Alabama story where they did everything to apologize for right. and, and forgive Brandon Miller to not suspend him. So my mind is now trained to, well, what would the defense of John Morant and the Grizzlies and the NBA be? The defense to me is pretty easy. A member of his crew brought a gun. They didn't fly with the team. They brought it to Denver, and he was basically you know, at like show-playing that he had the gun on him in the club, but it was for photos and videos and wasn't his gun, and he didn't have it with him in the team hotel. He was just holding someone else's gun. And I don't know what footage in the strip club could show that that's not the case other than he just walked in with it. But then they defend, well, it was still the other guy's gun. He just happened to have it on him. I'm not even sure that matters. My they, point they being matter, here, Hutton, but... if you wanted to discipline him in any way, yeah. you would have every bit of evidence to discipline him. But at this point, if you're the NBA and you want to just wash your hands of it, absolve John Morant, say that he's off getting healthy right now, and not discipline him in any way, you could come up with a million excuses as to why he shouldn't be disciplined and a million excuses for him in the, in the club with the gun. And I think that's the way they're going to lean. Well, it's not about if it's his gun or not. The policy prohibits carrying a firearm on team business or at a team facility. It's not owning or presenting or whose gun it is. If he's carrying it, he's carrying it. Well, that's league. I mean, this is not the first time that he's involved with something like this. That's league policy, right? Yes. It's university policy at Alabama that you get kicked out of school or suspended right. if you have a gun anywhere around school property. No, on school property. Not they, around school property. It's on campus. They worked away they worked their way around that. But that is the policy. Yeah. On campus. Right. But the gun was on campus at some point. Yeah, but it may not be with Brandon Miller. I, because I, that's not his weapon. If Denver's not gonna file charges, which I don't right. understand. Well, this, I this don't city, I don't understand that either. Because, I, again, I don't think there's any law that prohibits you having a weapon in a strip club where alcohol is sold and having it out like that. But especially in a state like Colorado that has very strict gun laws. Right. Uh, I don't understand that part of it. I just, I think he should be dealt with by the league. And I think he should probably face criminal charges also. But my mind now is predispositioned because of the Alabama mess and because of the way the NBA has handled John Morant that they are going to jump through every hoop to see to it that this guy just gets counseling and that's it. It but won't even be called that's a suspension. Than what done. It, yes, it won't be called a, at least he's not playing. 
It won't be called a suspension. It won't be called any discipline. It's just a guy trying to go get healthy. That's what they want to phrase this as. Then he'll come back and ESPN and the league will promote the redemption tour of John Morant. New change John Morant. Healthy in the playoffs. Watch him tonight, 8 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2. Yeah. And that's how they'll push it if the NBA says that. They, they need to worry about the individual and not the story in this case. This is way more serious than just you know looking the other way for ratings uh, based on the trend. Because, again, it's not one incident. Well, I, I, think, I think they don't need to worry about the story. They will. They don't need to worry about the story or the promotion. They also have to worry about their own image. This is not just about John Morant. I'm all for John Morant going and seeking treatment, doing whatever to make better choices, to not do dumb bleep all the time, mm-hmm. and to make better decisions. But if you're the NBA, first and foremost, you got to think about the NBA. Just like the NFL protects the shield at all costs, this makes the NBA look bad. And being soft on this stuff makes them look bad. Andrew Bogut said it, and hearing him talk about it, I buy what he's saying. David Stern protected that Jerry West NBA logo at all costs. He was a businessman, but he could be firm with players, and he would discipline if it, in fact, caused harm to the league. I think Adam Silver is so big on players' league, players run it, the players are happy, the league is good, that he's not that type of of commissioner that's going to look out first and foremost for the league. And that, that's what you need a little bit of also. Both need to be protected ahead of the story or the promotion of the playoffs. Oh, and if they, in this investigation, uh, just reading it, Mark, Mark Stein here, if they confirm that that's his weapon, it's an automatic 50-game suspension. Because if he took it on the road, it's prohibited on any team premise, which would be the plane beyond that. Like, it extends beyond the team facility. I may be dead wrong here, but... That will not happen. I am sho- I would well, be shocked but here's, if they could. If they actually prove that it was his gun. I think they'll make every excuse that it was someone else's gun that was on him. I. You can make that excuse if we have not seen the string of incidents we've seen, though. And here's the thing: they they can be soft on many issues. When it comes to this, I think they're smart enough. They should be smart enough to realize if he's back, it's happening again. And based on the four games that we're aware of that he's missing, he's uh, the, the, the timetable here on the calendar would be Friday's game against Dallas, I believe, is when he could come back uh, with Memphis. So we'll know sooner rather than That's later. That's a pretty quick treatment plan but in this not, facility in Florida. Yeah, it's a four-game deal, though, is, what, is, is where we are on the timetable. We don't know if it's been extended yet. Maybe they'll just it's extend gonna, it. I think that will be extended. I'll be surprised if they find cause or they want to suspend him for 50 games I'm with you if it's his gun he should be suspended for 50 games but I just don't think the league wants to do that or will do that so they'll find a way to work around it Chad another big trade in the NFL the Colts are trading uh, Stefan Gilmore their five-time Pro Bowl corner to the Dallas Cowboys wow for a fifth round compensatory pick this season so uh, Indy unloads the salary of Gilmore and Dallas picks up the corner after they reports were, and you could look at some of the uh, the players in Dallas's locker room and the tweets they sent out. Um, they wanted Jalen Ramsey. The players did, and 
they end up with Stephon Gilmore, another, again, five-time Pro Bowler, headed to Dallas, uh, traded by the Indianapolis Colts. Still with him and Diggs. That's a good oh, corner yeah. duo no, <laughs> in Dallas. No doubt. Ramsey would have been even better, but that's still pretty good. Michael McHenry will join us coming up in a matter of minutes. We'll be talking about the upcoming Major League Baseball season and opening day, which will include all the teams uh, with the first pitch, which is awesome. Uh, you can also get ready for the season by checking out the Kurt Schilling Baseball Show, which is available at outkick.com every Tuesday and Friday. You have a new episode posted there. Kurt Schilling Baseball Show this week discussing rookie Corbin Carroll's $111 million contract and Schilling's thoughts. It's not a positive one for the league. Arizona gives Corbin Carroll, 22-year-old Corbin Carroll, he of all 115 major league plate appearances, a eight-year, $111 million deal. Uh, all guaranteed. Uh, club has, I think, a ninth-year option for uh, for $23 million or something like that. But, uh, uh, yeah, uh, and, and Bill, we were talking earlier, this is, this is the fusion, or this is where old-school baseball and sabermetrics uh, – meet uh and i think they're they butt heads um because in my mind this is sabermetrician saying okay all of his uh other numbers all of his underlying numbers from college and the minor leagues tell us that he's going to be this hundred million dollar player so we're going to save some money and sign him whereas the old school guys would be like hey you know what give me a year or two uh of production and then we'll we'll take care of you um I just think that there's a, I mean, obviously as a player, who wouldn't love it? But uh, as a team, no chance. No chance, given uh, the physical nature of the game, given the challenge of the schedule, um, and the human factor. I mean, how is he going to handle a slump in the big leagues? How is he going to handle the 14-day West Coast, uh, East Coast road trips? I mean, there's just so many things I believe he's I, – I mean, this is one of those guys that that almost – I feel like Chipper Jones or Alex Rodriguez, when you see him, you know, he's a can't miss. And I believe – I believe he is, but I don't believe to the tune of $111 million. So Now, Kick 360 rolls on. Glad you're with us. Hutton and Withrow here. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Every Tuesday at this time, we're going to be joined by either Kurt Schilling or our next guest, our MLB insider. It's Michael McHenry, who joined us last year during the postseason. Did a great job. We begged him back, and he, fortunately for us, said yes. We groveled. We yes. said anything. Anything yeah. we can do, Michael, please just come back to us. We'll come back to us. Please come back. Well, he's back. He's back, announcing baby. it now. The fort is back with us. How you doing, brother? I'm humble. I mean, Kurt Schilling and you guys just kind of hanging from me right there. I feel uh, feel very fortunate, and blessed to be a part of this. Thanks, guys. We've got our own bas uh, baseball battery right now, right? With you two, we got the pitcher, we got the catcher, we've got everything covered baseball wise here on the show. So we're excited. You're right. You got to get him a pitch comp so we make sure we're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Michael, give us the the overview of spring training and uh, the the outlook from the players' mindset, knowing you're on the roster, but what you're gearing up for, which is a grind. Well, you would think after 2020, and 
we really haven't had a spring train that's normal since then that they would just kind of let it be, let it go out and play. But no, let's just add a thousand different rules, confuse everybody, do hand <laughs> signals. I mean, the umpires literally look like they're landing a plane during the game. Saw it a couple of times today and nobody really knows what's going on. But there's a problem with engaging with the fans, getting fans to engage back. Well, the reality of it is I'm in the broadcast booth today watching the game. And there's things I don't understand that's going on because there's so much that's changing all at once. And what I mean by that is they, they are literally making up different rules as they go along. And I'll, I'll use Max Scherzer as an example. He comes set the other day because he gets a guy to call timeout. You get one timeout now in Major League Baseball. So you call that timeout, you step out. Max Scherzer came set while the guy was out of the box. So as soon as he stepped in, he threw it right down the middle, strike three. The guy had no chance catching up. So these guys are already the best in the world, making them better. But like because of that moment, they switched the rule. So the pitcher has to wait till the batter's now engaged. It's just constantly and ever flowing. And they think it's going to be okay with the fans not understanding. I mean, the confusion is just off the charts. I, I agree with you on especially that scenario with the confusion. I also understand time and games are, what, yeah. 24 minutes shorter? I mean, that's significant from spring training this year, from spring training to last year. That That's a big jump. And I guess if the, the key is let's speed up the games, then mission accomplished so far with these rules changes. Yeah, and to be honest, like it, it does have a better pace. And I think that's the old school way anyways. If you go back and watch when even Kurt Schilling pitched, they wanted to have that quick tempo. If I was catching, if my guy wants that rhythm, that quick tempo, I'm going to give it to him. And honestly, that's always better for your defense and everybody else because it keeps them on their toes. I mean, you watch NFL, you watch different sports. The faster they go, you create confusion. A lot of different things can happen, and it plays to your benefit on really, in my opinion, both sides. But I don't even know why they're saying we have all these problems with time and blah, blah, blah. They're losing ad sales. The broadcast 15 seconds shorter every single time they go to commercial. So they're losing money too. So there's a bigger play at hand here. Not really sure what it is yet. But it really seems like they're trying to control every facet, you know, from the, the time of the game to the way they make the balls, just a little bit of everything. And now they're getting in the regional networks. The MLB's got their little nabs in everything right now. It's wild. Michael McHenry, our guest on Outkick 360, former Major League catcher and now broadcaster. What have you heard or learned about MLB taking over the regional networks and what they're trying to do, what the, what the owners hope to accomplish? Well, as you guys know, when, when you get into – corporations that large you only hear the hearsays yeah. and I, I think they're going to do everything they can to get everything out there the best they can but the the reality of it is you know cable isn't the way it used to be it's too expensive the right still are just crazy crazy expensive the rumor has it that the pirates and at&t have a 60 million dollar deal that's a lot of money and you look at our payroll last i looked i believe we're just at 48 million dollars so you know, that's $12 million that, hey, why aren't we spending it on uh, guys to bring in better talent or whatever? That's what the fans are constantly saying to me. Obviously, I'm not the owner. He's doing well. He's a businessman. And they have a really, really good team looking forward. But they got to figure out some things to be more transparent, more open with all of this. If they really want that type of engagement they're looking for, especially with these younger fans, and they got to stop these blackouts. I mean, yes. you know, I think NBA and NFL have shown if you can brand the players and, and show these guys a little bit of everywhere, good things will happen. So Apple TV partners with MLS, and now every game in MLS, every match you can find on Apple TV. 
that's big news. That's not huge news. If an Apple TV partnered with Major League Baseball and offered every game in Major League Baseball, and you could go and subscribe individually to your favorite team and watch all 162 if you wanted, that is a huge sports media story. When we talk about the monopolization of Major League Baseball with everything, could that include an enormous company like an Apple that, that they partner with and they partner with everything distribution rights-wise? I'd love that. I, I think they need to start looking at it instead of trying to hit a home run, you know, hit a bunch of singles. And I, I used the example the other day with someone in the front office. I said, think if they thought about a million pennies instead of a million dollars, right? It's the same amount of money. But the reality of it is, if you open up this network, it may be 10 million pennies instead of $1 million. The, the, the old way of thinking and the way that the world's going, it's so fast. So you have to do a lot of different things. And the biggest thing, you can't do it without the players. So you've got to brand these guys out. The fact that they're finally calling Mike Trout Captain America for Team USA. I mean, I want to buy the man a shield and let him run around town in the suit all the time because that's what baseball needs. They need the branding. They need the marketing. They need the fun. Watch the World Baseball Classic. You know exactly what I, what I mean. It doesn't matter if you go to Japan or Taipei. It doesn't matter. You're going to see people on the dugout dancing. You see bullhorns. You're going to see people dressed up in weird costumes. It's a festival and a game breaks out. Mike, so you mentioned the World Baseball Classic. I know you're a fan of the way Fox has been promoting it. Um, oh, so good. I, I, I'm curious here because in the NFL, uh, they'll go through 100 players before they actually have a Pro Bowl roster, right? Um, do you think we get to a point where the players are gearing up for the season and they don't participate in this? Or is this more or less uh, the objective for the, the – you mentioned Trout and others. Uh, are we going to constantly see the, the top players participating as much as possible? Well, the fact that 16 of the top American pitchers aren't on the USA team is, is, is sad. You know, I, I think there's no greater honor than being able to wear the red, white, and blue. And I think they should push as hard as they can to get the best players to play, to get out on that world stage. Um, so that was a shame. But, yeah, I think this is one of the best offensive teams and most athletic USA teams I, I could – Think of in recent memories. I mean, the fact that Mike Trout's diving around, still in bases, and doing some stuff. Nolan Arenado's just reaching, lunging out for a single. I mean, I think that means a lot because you're playing for something way bigger than yourself. And it's really that little kid that gets to come back out. It's not about money. It's not about anything else. Just going out there and just representing the right way in the red, white, and blue. So I, I hope as we move forward, because baseball in America is slowly getting overtaken. You know, you look how good Japan is. You look how good Venezuela, Puerto Rico, and let's talk about the powerhouse in the Dominican Republic. It's going to be hard to continue to uh, compete with these teams moving forward. How good is that ultimately, though, for Major League Baseball, that so many of these countries you mentioned are so good at baseball, and we're seeing that now on the world stage? I hope one day it really is a World Series. I hope we have that capability to, to travel that fast. The recovery works and we can actually play a genuine World Series, like Japan versus America, let's go. I think that'd be absolutely outstanding. I think that's where they want it to go, but you got to open it up. You know, if you if you talk about Otani, I, I swear every iPhone in, in Japan lights up. Yeah, They're such big fans. We got to get that same feel here. There's got to be a LeBar LeBron James of baseball, Tiger Woods of baseball. Just don't see that. I mean, when's the last time you heard of a billionaire – baseball player by endorsements and everything else never 
Right. Right. That'd be awesome. And they have exposure 162, 162 times plus spring training. So why would you want to sponsor them? Why would you want to go after them? It's because the branding isn't well. The Dodgers pay Trevor Bauer $22.5 million to not be a part of their roster. And you mentioned Japan. He's signed a one-year contract in Japan to pitch. Um, what do you make of that move? Because he still gets that full amount from, from L.A. And is this Bauer saying, I want, to, I want to continue in the MLB. I'm going to give you a reason to sign me. Because if he doesn't do it, chances are he's not making his way back in. Is that how I should, should view this? Well, it's a great business move because he's making $4 million, And if he stayed in the States, he'd be making league minimum, which I believe is a right round, round $755, just increased okay. over the last bargaining agreement. But the reality is, is the man was not convicted. And I, I, I'm a believer. I live my life by faith. And I have fallen. I have messed up. I've done a lot of things wrong in my life. But I've been saved by grace. And I believe in that grace until you're proved wrong. For two years now, this man's been out of baseball. I get the largest punishment ever put down, and he was not convicted. He was given that by an arbiter hired by Major League Baseball that didn't get challenged. And the fact that he's not in the game and he's one of the game's premier players is just a shame. I mean, I think what he's done for baseball up to this point, whatever he does off the field, I'm not a judge. I'm not a jury. I have nothing to do with it, but – just saying, as a female agent, first ever in the Major League Baseball, and he set an unprecedented record when he signed with the Dodgers. And he's just a guy that's on the forefront of all the technology, all the development, and he wants to put it out there. If you go look at his YouTube channel, yeah. not promoting him, I don't know him that well, but I do know that the man is great for the game. He challenges the game, and he's pushing forward with the game. But the fact he's going to go over to Japan, Japan's going to love him. I hope he gets back here. I really do. And I agree with you. I'm surprised that he's not, you know, uh, eligible to play. Or the no, uh, the whole thing really baffles me uh, with Trevor Bauer. Me too. Is there something else that's going on about him as a teammate? Is he not liked around the league? This feels like he's being blackballed for more than one reason from the league and from everyone else. You know, he's that guy that's always been smarter than most people, especially when he walks in a room. He's got that engineer mind. And I mean, he's developed technology on his own development stuff that ha has been able to kind of get on the forefront of what was going on way before anybody even knew what was happening. So I think when he walks in the room, he's just a different bird. You know, he had some really bad hiccups early on in his career about pushing back because he had his way. He didn't want to change it. So he got deemed, but he kind of broke through that barrier. He teamed up a driveline, did some really cool things. He put himself out there and for probably over a decade, you didn't hear anything other than like the guy just gets after it. And you, you want to just sit there and soak in the knowledge he's going to pour into you. So outside off the field issues and different things like that, I've heard that he is who he is. He shows up every single day and does his work. He may not be the nicest human in the world, but you know what you're going to get out of him every day. And I think that's something to be said because, you know, everybody has different personalities. Some guys are just absolute jerks. But if he's a jerk every day and I, I can expect that. I'm okay with it. And I was, I, I'm, I subscribe to his YouTube channel as well. Uh, from 2019, he takes you, you know, he's got a camera with him everywhere. Major League Baseball mm -hmm. doesn't like him. I mean, it's, it's, nope. they, they find him all the time. Uh, he tells the audience that he's, he, then I'm saying, I'm sure he still does it. Uh, hey, you know, what I'm doing right now is going to get a fine. And then, you know, the next episode, he shows you what shows up at his locker. And, you know, he's, he's wearing things on the mound to mock the Astros. 
during the cheating scandal. Many things like that. There are teammates too who like shy the other, look the other way when a camera's in the locker room in the clubhouse, you know. And I think that also could play a role in that. But he he's also well liked by some of his teammates who come over to the house and join him on that podcast he does. So uh, I think there's more to it uh, for sure. Do you think he's back in the league though at some point? Yeah. I don't, I don't know how you don't. If he goes over there, proves himself. I mean, you were just talking about has he been doing it lately? He hasn't. I mean, he's okay. kept his mouth shut. He hasn't been talking out. I mean, he's a guy that he's going to tell you how it is. And, but he's also a guy that will take it back. And, and I appreciate that. I don't care what side of any spectrum you're on. If, if just because I believe in Jesus and you believe in Satan, that's cool. We can be great friends. Let's have a good conversation. It doesn't matter. But I think you should at least have the conversation, give him a chance. And if he goes over there, different language, different place, does well, and they fall in love with him, man, everybody will be calling. Everybody will be calling. Right now. If they're not, there really is something going on. I am looking at the odds for the winner of the 2023 Major League Baseball World Series. Okay, I'm looking at this right now. Uh, Outkick.com slash bet is where you can go for this. Um, Here are your favorites in order. Astros, Yankees, Mets, Dodgers, Braves, Padres. Right now, across Major League Baseball, does every player in baseball agree that one of those teams is winning the trophy? Or do they actually buy into the fact they have a shot? I, I think they buy in. And, you know, if I, if I had to take a pick, I'll put it out there now. It's Atlanta. Okay. Um, just the way that they have constructed their team. You, you, you bet on guys. You're taking chances on guys. Charlie Morton signing back. I, mean, I thought he, 100% knowing him, you know, it was about family time, playing the guitar. He was out, but no, right back. That says a lot. But they have one of the best coaching staffs, one of the best cultures you could really ask for, and they're treating their guys the right way. And there's a special thing. When you feel wanted, good things are going to happen. That's, that's what I, I hope for every single player, that they feel like they're wanted. And I'll never forget Daniel Bard said that is why he signed in Colorado, because everybody thought he was nuts. Coming off the yips, you're going to go to the – maybe the worst pitching park on the planet. And he said, man, I didn't even think about it. I just felt wanted. And that's what made me want to go there. That, that, that's a big thing when you get up, you know, to the major leagues, you're on this mountaintop. And I don't care if you're a Hall of Famer and Kurt Schilling, and yes, Hall of Famer and Kurt Schilling, or myself, who was a backup catcher for, you know, half a decade. The reality of it is you just look at it and say, man, if you feel wanted, you start playing better. You start doing things better. And then that kind of engulfs you in that culture. So, I think Atlanta's the, the special pick, and I'd be very interested to see how the Mets turn out because it's going to be a battle in that division all year. The Cubs made Dansby Swanson feel wanted. That, that's for sure. How sure big of an addition is Dansby Swanson to that team, and what kind of loss is that for the Braves? I think it's going to be way bigger than they can even imagine. Honestly, I, I can't believe, you know, first Freddie, and that, that worked out okay, right? Good for them. But Dansby, too, I think you can only – let go of certain character type guys like those two so many times before that karma comes around and bites you. Because yeah, I've never heard a bad thing about him. I got to meet him when I was rehabbing in Nashville and came right up to me, had no clue who I was, shook my hand, very cordial and like carried on a quality conversation. He doesn't remember that. And that's the reality. The guy shows up and does his job, but he also gets back out right there and gets in with the fans and makes sure that he's given back to the game that's given him so much. And I, I'm excited because the shift band and 
things are going to make guys like him take it to the next level because you have to know the game better than you've ever had to know it over the last probably five to 10 years because nobody's telling you where to play. You got to read the swing, you got to understand what the pitcher's going to throw, maybe how the field plays. There's a lot of different elements that guys with makeup like him, they're, they're going to stand out a little bit more. Final 60 seconds here. What's the rule change that players right now, you hear them complaining about the most? The, the rain man numbers of the pitch clock. Are you kidding me? 230, 215, 30, 15. It's just make it universal. Make it simple, right? We're, we're, not, we're not math majors here. We're just guys that hit baseball. Hit baseball is play baseball. And we play a little kid's game for a living. So simplify that. That's the one thing. And the one thing, guys, I'll tell you right now, it's too much on the home plate. Player. I don't care. It's just too much. They shouldn't have that much power. You mark my word, there's going to be at least one game that matters that's going to come back maybe near the wild card that a team lost because of an infraction and they're not in the playoffs. Just wait. They, 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 they've been saying it like we're going to be absolutely cutthroat with this, no exceptions. If that's the case, you're going to see something like you did with the Braves in spring training in Boston where the game just ended. Like what just happened? Oh, he, was, he wasn't ready to hit at eight seconds. Eight seconds is eight a weird seconds. time. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's one bizarre. that's a strange – could round it up to 10, right? Make it a little easier right. than eight. Let's go yeah. even numbers, right? Yeah. Michael McHenry has been our guest back with us uh, throughout the season every other week. Uh, it's either Kurt Schilling or Michael McHenry with us on Tuesdays at this time. Great to have you back, man. Uh, wrap up spring training, and uh, we can't wait to get through opening day. All the teams playing at the same day. It's awesome. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Talk to you again. Yeah, man. Sounds Thanks, great. Thanks, Fort. Appreciate it. Yeah. At the Fort McHenry on social is, is where you can find him there. Eight Seconds was a good Luke Perry movie back in the day. We have an Aaron Rodgers yes. announcement. Well, don't, don't, not, don't. We're not ESPN not, here. I'm not, not, I'm not teasing not, the audience. I was going to say, it's not on what he's doing, but yeah. there is an announcement about Aaron Rodgers. We may be finality. Finally. We may have an announcement about an announcement. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's how. That is how we call it's LeBron James. That's what S. we call in the business a tease. It is LeBron James. S. Yes. Uh, next on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 rolls on. Glad you're with us. Tuesday edition. Hutton and Withrow with you. Chad, you teased the Aaron Rodgers announcement about an announcement. We, we have heard from someone very close to Rodgers on a weekly basis, and he will be joining a show tomorrow. Pat McAfee tweeted out about eight minutes ago, be a friend, tell a friend. You are cordially invited tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern to join the show live with Aaron Rodgers as a guest. So... We believe Aaron Rodgers will announce tomorrow. I think the news will break before then. Okay, so that's, and that he'll just talk about it on the show. But that that would just be my guess. Um, yeah, I, so, I've been skeptical throughout that Aaron Rodgers will be the one that breaks this story. It will be one of the NFL newsmakers, unless he hasn't told anybody what he's doing. And the the newsbreakers and newsmakers have been reporting the Jets and the Packers haven't heard from the guy. So if you buy that then he may truly only 
announce it one time and one time only. And that, this that's morning, what I'm curious about is how he handles it because tomorrow's the day if he's joining McAfee and McAfee's announcing that, that normally it's a Tuesday when he joins. And he said earlier this morning that he wouldn't uh, have any knowledge on Rodgers. He couldn't confirm anything and wasn't going to happen today on his show. Um, but yeah, he's going to appear tomorrow and the presumption is the announcement's coming tomorrow. So do you think it, you don't think the news ends by someone else this evening or early tomorrow morning? I, I do. I, I just, I don't think, I'd be surprised if Aaron Rodgers is the one that breaks this news of a trade to the Jets. Well, they, I think someone Jets or Packers will break that news. Okay. Right? Um, I guess. I mean, this guy's, he's weird. Like, I, I he's he's the one guy in the league uh, that could keep this to now, himself he could also and not just talk to say, anybody. He doesn't I, talk to his family. So I, I buy the idea right, that he, he hasn't called the Packers or the he, Jets. If he hasn't talked to either side, he could go on Pat McAfee and just say, I've decided I'm not done and I'm going to keep playing. So whatever happens, happens now. We'll let other people make those decisions, right? I mean, he could just say, I'm going to play. And then, well, boom, the wheels are in motion to trade him. But we know, we know what has happened with uh, Green Bay. They're going to trade him if he wants to continue to play. Yeah, my, and there's one team that's in the mix, and that's it, according to Ian Rappaport, and it's the New York Jets. And that's it. But my point is, this would prevent him from announcing that he's been traded to the Jets. He just says, I've decided to play. And now, you know, whatever needs but, to happen will happen. But by saying that... He's going to the Jets. It's the Jets. Yeah. But the Jets may not know that by tomorrow. Uh, well, if he truly again, hasn't talked to anyone, then there's no official trade until he announces he's definitely playing. Right. So, what I'm saying is he could kind of not protect himself, but just say, I've decided I'm going to play, and I'm sure you've all read the news, so some things might be happening about me playing and where I'm going to play next year, but nothing's final. And then that's when they have to officially make the move. Now, Adam Schefter said this morning, I don't know if he's changed his tune, but he said all this talk about a trade being finalized, that's not true. He said they have not completely agreed upon terms of what it would do. And part of the wrangling is Aaron Rodgers reworking his contract situation right. and his money for the Jets, and that's not done either. I wonder if it could include Corey Davis. Um, I think Corey Davis was cut. Was it official? I think a little bit earlier. I feel like I saw that that he was officially cut. Okay, I haven't the, seen that pop through. Um, but it, that is a. Well, I'm so blinded salary. just waiting on Rogers news. Move that I think I feel like I saw that. That's a move they would have needed to make. Uh, it's presumed he will. Yeah, be. he was he was cut. Okay, so they they made room by uh, cutting uh, Davis to sign Lazard, uh, Randall Cobb's another one that uh, Rogers wants to continue to play with. He wants Mercedes Lewis there. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. is another one uh, that they may be making room for. Again, uh, Rodgers is going to ask for everything, and he's got to find out uh, within, uh, you know, uh, there is a timetable here uh, if he's going to play or not, and presumably he does it tomorrow with McAfee, and we'll have reaction to it uh, with uh, a number of people uh, on the show tomorrow with uh, thoughts and analysis of the trade. And, I mean, this is, if the Jets get him, it's great. If they don't, if he decides, hey, I'm, I'm not into it anymore. I'm off to my next retreat. Um, I don't know what the Jets end up doing. Matt Ryan is going to be available. Matt Ryan's being released by the Indianapolis <laughs> he Colts. Got, he got cut. Jacoby Brissett. Tra trade for Ryan Tannehill? They could. Um, Jacoby Brissett's also available and played okay for Cleveland as the starter prior to Deshaun Watson. But again, this is the, the veteran boom or the veteran bust. 
for the New York Jets. But based on today's signing... He's going to be a Jet. Yeah. He loves Nathaniel Hackett. He loves Jersey, I hear too. Hackett was one of the four that went and met with him in California. I've, I've heard through the grapevine that Jersey is his 17th favorite state. So that's also a big part of this decision for Rodgers. <laughs> Top 20. Top 20 of that the matters. That does Back matter. at it tomorrow, 3 o'clock Every Eastern little for thing Outkick matters. 360 across the Outkick Network. And so I think, I thank all of you. I am.